0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real Moms of
1: Bravo. Real real, real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. bravo. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know why I feel like I have to sing every time I intro our podcast, but it just comes out. Yeah. We're just going to deal with it. We're just going to deal with it. I am channeling my inner Luann um, and Candace with singing things. So another great week (laughs) in Housewives, mainly two franchises. Can't say the same about one. And you guys all know which one we're talking about. But let's start with the most – this season of Beverly Hills. We've said it. We sound like broken records. It's been so – I don't – I just feel like I can't – explosive. Like explosive. This is, Yeah. I'm just yeah. so glued in. I just, it's been a minute, especially for Beverly Hills where I've been so glued in every single second. And this episode in particular was one of the first episodes in a long time where I've been like, Oh my God, there's still 20 more minutes left. Like what else is going to happen? It's been
2: wildly entertaining. And I know like, again, we're probably sound like a broken record, but to me, the true Testament of like a really good reality show is that I'm not on my phone. And so we take notes as we watch this, even though we're a bit of a rustic programming, we actually do like organize our thoughts and think about what we're going to talk about when we come on here. And I have to pause the TV to then take notes where when I'm watching, honestly, even sometimes when I'm watching New Jersey, I can just like be taking notes on my phone as I'm listening to them screaming at each other. And with Beverly Hills, it's like, I don't want to miss something because every little phrase that someone says becomes crucial a day later, a scene later. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. And I keep enjoying the fact that we're getting so much continuity with Beverly Hills this season, because every episode is starting where the last one left off. And you don't always get that. Like sometimes it ends at a dinner party and then it's like three days later, they're shopping and getting brunch and it's just two of them. And you're like, Oh, okay. What happened over those course of three days? Like, because this is so good, we truly don't ever miss a minute.
1: Yeah, no, it's been it's been so great. I I mean, and I hate to have it. You know, it's weird because it's entertainment, it's Beverly Hills, and it's centered around a scandal. So there's a part of me where like my conscience kicks in, and I'm like, this is kind of twisted. But I love it, and you guys are our people. Okay, let's start with Sutton. So Sutton has the women over, um, basically, to discuss Erica and how she doesn't really feel comfortable being around her because she doesn't want her name associated with this scandal. Because it's going to ruin um, <laughs> her, her charity work with the American Ballet and all these other random things.
2: I think she worded it prop- improperly. I do think she's very concerned about her reputation, which is valid. But I think Kyle actually said it best when she said she doesn't want it to be perceived that she is supporting what happened to these people. It's one thing to maybe support Erica and truly believe she's innocent. And it's another to then support the actions that were done to victims of Tom Girardi, which includes orphans, widows, burn victims. I mean, like truly preying on people when they are at their like most vulnerable and had gone through hell is just terrible. And so I, I kind of get Sutton's point. Like she does a lot of charity work. She's a very wealthy woman. She doesn't want it to be in any way viewed that she somehow thinks this is okay She just really butchered the words, but I love that once she kind of put it out there slowly, everybody, but Rena kind of agreed.
1: Yeah, no. And I, I think you're right. Like, I think it was poor choice in words. I think where it got me, she's like, I don't want, um, there being an article and I'm like, well, girl, you're on a reality TV show and you're talking about this. There's going to be an (laughs) article (laughs) right now about you saying this. So that part made me laugh, but yeah, it was interesting to watch women, like the wheels spinning. Like, Kyle in particularly, I could tell, like, she's like, wait a minute. Like, the wheels were spinning for her. Dorit, Rena stayed very quiet.
2: Rena was, yeah. Rena was blindly going to follow Erica Jane, which I don't know. Like, I I just think it's interesting. And people have brought up the fact that, you know, with everything that happened with Denise, she brought up that Harry, you know, couldn't stand by a friend during being accused of rape, which understandable, I'm not like, we're not like diving into that can of worms. But I just think it's really interesting that she says, like, sometimes if it's too heavy and too dark, I just can't stand by that. Denise was being accused of being in a threesome, which really isn't that heavy and that dark. It's just gossip and really something that should really stay behind closed doors. But Brandy Glanville brought that out. This is, this is heavy and dark. So if a threesome is too much for you, but stealing from burn victims, orphans and widows is not, I'm like really questioning Renna. And I will say, I'm prefaced by saying I loved Renna until probably two episodes ago. And I'm really changing the way I feel about her.
1: Yeah. And I have always enjoyed what Renna has brought from a pot stirring perspective. I just don't enjoy the fact that she's now being really hypocritical. I would almost respect Renna more if she said, listen, guys, I I'm pretty ride or die with the people close to me and I'm like Erica's my girl. I'm loyal to her. Yes. I'm being a big hypocrite because I treated Denise the same way you guys are acting right now about Erica. Like I would kind of respect her a little more. if She kind of acknowledged that instead of like de- trying to defend her behavior or backing down on it on watch what happens live. I, I mean, in terms of owning it, like own that part, I guess. I agree. Um, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily love that she would say that, but at least she would acknowledge why people think she's being hypocritical and why we're all kind of looking at her like, "What the fuck, Brenna?"
2: Yeah, it, right. Like, and I don't know. It just like exactly
1: everything you said.
2: I like. I will say. I we've loved Sutton. We wanted Sutton to have a diamond. I'm like seeing memes and tweets about how she should be in the center next season. I don't disagree with that. I mean, she really delivered this episode and really stuck to her guns. And I love how she came so prepared. She is truly the only one that probably deeply read the article. I think talking to a lawyer seemed a little extreme, but here's the deal. Like I don't have millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, We do have an LLC. I will say that, but (laughs) I don't even think no, the devil could give us money and we really would like probably take it um, because our we're a tiny little LLC. But I think when you have like all that wealth, you do have to protect it. And I think you probably talk to lawyers more, but I did laugh because I'm like, I don't know if my first thought would have been, I need to call a lawyer. I think I would just been like, holy shit, this is crazy.
1: Well, I mean, listen, like better that she talked to a lawyer than boy George, like Dorit <laughs> talking to boy George and PK, like better a lawyer. And even- Kyle consulted with, you know, may have not been her own lawyer, but a family friend who's a lawyer even consulted with one. So she's not His that husband, out of line, um, I he, guess, for thinking about it.
2: Wait, what did Camille call Faye Resnick? The immoral Faye Resnick?
1: Yes. The uh, more corrupt.
2: Yes. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick's husband gave guidance. No, I, I actually don't think Faye is morally corrupt, but- I just, whenever her name gets brought up, I just immediately, my brain pictures Camille saying that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it, it was interesting, but yeah, Sutton came with the receipts when she had the printed out notes, her glasses, she even had her phone. She was holding her phone in a way, which made me think she had notes in her phone of like the order of how she's going to bring this all up. But I just love that Sutton was saying exactly everything that we were thinking of as viewers. She's like, wait a second. Like, three years ago, this is when this happened. But in the article, it stated, like, this has been happening as long as a decade. This doesn't really make sense. And you can see the wheels spinning in the the women's heads, and they're all kind of like, huh, like, kind of starting to agree. And I think ultimately, and this is what you said too, Abby, is that Sutton doesn't want to be associated with the crime itself. She's trying to distance herself from people thinking if she's associated with Tom Girardi, that means she supports what he did. Um, But it was an interesting conversation and dynamic to watch. I was actually surprised by Dorit in that conversation, which makes me later um, in the episode be disappointed (laughs) in how she reacted to it all. But Sutton is everything. Listen, guys, like let's not forget, like I, we have an episode labeled God damn It, Sutton. Like Sutton <laughs> has had we were, some missteps. Yeah. Like I, I don't believe, um, you know, the whole, like I, I don't see color thing. Like that's not beside us, but these, I'm willing to give people second chances and seeing, you know, um, get whole people accountable and also wanting to see their growth. All of that being said, Sutton is bringing it and I'm here for it.
2: Okay, so let's get to the dinner, because that conversation alone was like, whoa. Actually, before we get to the dinner, we we always talk about, we love when there's like, it's like a roller coaster ride. We like when it like kind of goes like, not downhill, but it gets kind of serious, a little scary, like heavy conversations. And then like, they take us up with something a little bit more like lighthearted, uplifting, heartwarming. I really liked that we got to see Garcelle and her son together and see Garcelle as a grandma. Don't call her a granny. I loved that. I... I just appreciate her sharing that story because I think a criticism people have of Garcelle is that like, why isn't she a friend of, she's not on there as much. She distanced herself from the women. So I like that we got to see like her story and like develop a little bit more of a relationship with just Garcelle. And she touched on it last season, but to really see the growth and see her as a grandma and see her son as like a great father. Like it was really, I don't know. It was really sweet. I like when we had these moments kind of sprinkled in. Heavier episodes.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, it feels like her walls are slowly like coming down a little bit um, in terms of what she's willing to share with us viewers. And I just thought it was really inspiring. I don't personally know what it's like to have a family member who has um, a drug or alcohol addiction, but I could only imagine um, what those families go through and for them to come on the other side of it Uh, and him being a father and everything. I mean, as a mother, like, I can only imagine how proud she feels and how amazing it must be to see your son have so much growth. So I thought that was such a sweet moment. Um the little boy was so cute. All the kids were so cute. They were so sweet. And don't call Garcella granny, but she whipped up a uh, an amazing meal. I don't know if it was all her, but <laughs> but it still looked good. Kind of like Kyle's
2: Christmas meal when Kyle's like, okay, I want everyone to think I cooked all this, but she comes down and there's like a team. I but I get it. Like there, I think There are times when I've hosted events where like I might make the main dish, like if I'm hosting a baby shower, maybe I might make like a a casserole or a strata, but I'm getting like the pastries and the salad from somewhere else. So I, I get outsourcing, but also cooking and wanting people to like, know you put effort into it. Uh, All right, let's get into this dinner. Like, honestly, Teddy was there. Who cares? Like, I feel like that was like the dumbest thing ever. We don't even really need to talk about Teddy being there you know it's going to be good when the only person who drives themselves is Miss Erica Jane. And she walks in saying, no, I drove. I'll just have a Coke. Her tone of voice this whole episode. I'm like, God, she's acting so bad.
1: It's, it's like a very, I mean, it's really interesting. Her voice has changed and it is very like, sounds like a smoker kind of, but it has changed. But I was like, oh my God, she drove herself. Like, this is so wild and so good. And Dorit getting logged out, like the whole, like, there was a lot before the actual <laughs> dinner itself that happened. Derek getting locked out, Garcelle and Kyle having a nice moment. Like, I'm glad to see those two coming on the other side of Garcelle's first season and being, like, so much more friendly. Of course, Kathy Hilton and The Gorilla. Like, <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> um, that comment. And we just, there was a, just a lot that happened before the dinner itself. Um, the conversation even between Sutton and Garcelle of Garcelle Sutton being like, Hey, did you say hi to Erica? And that to me felt like such a true girlfriend's moment where you just have that sidebar in a group setting. And you're just kind of like, wait, did you say hi? And she's like, no, that would be super awkward. Everything. There was so much. It was so good. It, it was amazing. I, yeah.
2: They'll build up to it. And then they all sit down and conveniently Sutton is sitting next to Erica. That was not my mistake. I think Kyle knew what she was doing, but I also kind of think, I think Kyle strategically plays people though. Cause Kathy then's kind of at the head. And so like, when you think about eye contact with people, if you're sitting right next to someone, yeah, it's like, going can be kind of awkward to like, tell them all these things and like, Whoa, they're right there. But I do think like, Kyle's being slightly shady, but not overly shady. Cause the, the most shady thing to do would have been to seat Sutton directly across from Erica so that they were like staring right at each other. Um, but of course these two are centered, they're seated next to each other. And then we've got Kathy, we've got Garcelle and then Dorit, which is really kind of the main focus of what's this, of this conversation. And it gets brought up that they all had a meeting together, um, that Sutton wanted to meet with all the girls without Erica. And you could already tell Erica's annoyed because it's like, oh, damn it. You know, I don't want to have to answer questions. I don't like people talking about this. She's also has a lot of holes in her story. So I'm sure she's sweating a little as much as like, so Ren is like, come on Sutton in, in, in her interview. She's like, have a backbone and all, and all this stuff. I'm like Sutton was the only one who actually did have a backbone. She delivered it a little bit differently than she did with the women, but that's to be expected. When you're mad and you vent to a friend and then you actually confront someone else, like, you know, the person the issue is with, you're not going to be as direct and as heated as you were in that moment when you're talking about it with a friend. So I think that was like reasonable that she was a little bit calmer and used her words a little bit more wisely this time. But she said everything she was thinking. And I thought, honestly, that was like, bravo, Sutton. You did a great job.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, she asked, like, she went there. What's funny is what made me laugh about some of the questions she asked, like, Garcelle gets so much heat for asking, like, kind of inappropriate questions. And to me, Sutton was basically doing the same in terms of getting in someone's legal business. Granted, it's valid. And as a viewer, I was like, yes, Sutton, ask, like, How do you not know $20 million goes missing? Where did the money go? Like, I I loved every second of it. The LA Times article, did you know? And that's why you left? Like, I love that she went there, but it was equally nosy as Garcelle asking how you got your money, in my opinion.
2: I... Yeah. I equally as nosy. I love though the best part was like, so, I mean, Sutton did kind of just like, here's my list of questions and I'm going to ask them all whether I need to know whether it's appropriate. I don't care. These are the things I'm thinking. These are the things we discussed as a group and you weren't there. I think the highlight for me though, was when Kathy goes, well, that's good practice for you. Basically saying like, Erica, you're going to be on a stand at some point. So you're going to have to answer these questions. You might as well practice your story now. I think for me, the most annoying annoying part was derek became very vocal with the women. Like, I can't stand for this. I'm concerned about this too. Like, this is not okay. We need to know more. She agreed with Sutton that like there were holes in the story about the car. And then it turned very quickly into like, you know, she was like, kind of like, well, Sutton was the one who really wanted to know more. And we're just, you know, we're here to support you. And I, you know, I don't feel comfortable with all these questions being asked. I'm like, well, you had no problem in the group setting saying you didn't know answers to mm-hmm. all these things. So and,
1: I and Garcelle went in there with the dagger. and was yes. like, like I don't even remember her exact She's words. Like, That's but, not
2: what you said the other night. That's yes. not what you
1: said the other night. I'm like, good for you, Garcelle. One, you're
2: sticking up for your friend Sutton because Garcelle really didn't say much and during that conversation, from what we saw, she made some faces and she kind of was like, "That's a valid concern," but she didn't really chime in with her opinion. Dorit did. And I really love that Garcelle one stood up for Sutton, but also Dorit, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire because you can't talk about somebody. You can't be so polar opposites when you're not with somebody and with you when, when you are, cause that's fake. And that's why like, I've always had issues with Dorit. I think she's very two-faced. Well, actually 25 faced because her face changes every two weeks, but Ooh. I think she, yeah, there's my shade on Dorit.
1: Wow. I mean, <laughs> I still, I still like Durie. Um, But this episode, like, yeah, no, I'm going to call her out. Like it, it was pretty, it was bullshit. In my opinion, it was bullshit and that she didn't like own up to what she said and try to like pedal back on it. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, I'm horrible on impressions, but I can just hear her in her weird accent just saying that and like trying to, back down to Erica a little bit on what she actually meant. But what I loved what Garcelle said was like, listen, like she brought up her sister and how she was fucked over by a lawyer and how she never received her money and how Garcelle straight up said, well, fuck Tom. Because we've never in all of this haven't really seen anger from EJ being put in this situation.
2: No, it's always been, oh, I mean, this is my new life. I am learning how to get an ATM card and I have to drive myself and it's exhausting. And I don't know when it's going to end. Like, that's my horrible, Amy Phillips says it so much better, but that's my horrible Erica Jane impression. But yeah, it's never been, how dare he do this to me? How dare he steal money from victims? I mean, this is the first time she kind of even addressed the victims, which I think is the worst part about it. But it was more just like, I'll be fine. And I think it was like almost saying it in a way of like, because everyone else said it should go to the victims first. And she was kind of like, yeah, I'm strong. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll figure out a way to survive. But the victims need it. Like you actually kept saying, I want to know where that money is up until yeah, that point. She's
1: like, I'd like to know where the money is. And then if it wasn't for Garcelle, like pushing that on her, that was the first time the victims were even acknowledged out of her mouth. So I mean, what an episode and the next couple We just weeks, spent like 20 minutes talking about Beverly I mean, Hills. Literally, so I, have, I have chills on my arms right yeah. now because of how excited and how much I love Beverly Hills right now. But even the next week, like the next argument, the next dinner lunch argument that we're going to get, we're going to have Sutton and EJ continue to go head to head. And I don't think we've received a preview of that scene. Like, I don't remember those outfits in the trailers um, so that was fun. a little surprise, at least for me, from my mom brain memory. And then we're going to see Dorit and Garcelle go to head to head. And I'm curious to know what moment is what makes Garcelle like say, fuck you.
2: Yeah, I, th- I can't wait for it. I I'm here for, I, I just, I think Garcelle is one of those people that will sit back until like you really poke the bear. And if you throw a dra- a dagger directly at her, she is not afraid to confront it head on. We saw her do it with Kyle. We're going to be like, I, I don't know. I love that. I, I, I can't wait. I'm like already dying for the next episode. I, like I said, a couple weeks ago, this reunion will be the, maybe the best reunion. It better be in person. I don't even want to mention the D word, um, that might throw a wrench in all this, but I, I
1: just can't wait for it. Um, the last all right, thing I'm going to say, actually, last thing I'm going to say, okay. I, I will just want to give a nod to production with the incredible casting choice of Sutton and Garcelle. in the sense of very often when we get new housewives, they become so sucked in to the little cliques and groups that they hardly ever have the backbone to truly stand up to the quote villain of the season. And having these two kind of pair up together and continuing to do it has been amazing to watch. Because without those two, this season would have been so much watered down. Like, we wouldn't have gotten these hard-hitting questions. So, just want to take okay, my we've been, hat. Yeah. Do have been the thing.
2: Fox Force 5 or whatever they are now. just like, we love you, Erica. We're here for you. This is good shit, too. And let's, I mean, Kathy just, God love her. Uh, okay, Roni. I will be completely honest. If you're following our Instagram, I kept being like, I've attempted to finish this episode. I still have yet to, it was so hard for me to get for the dinner portion of it. And it, there were just so many things along the way. And I will say it is because of Ramona. I posted something about how last week watching Ramona was uncomfortable. Not like one of those like uncomfortable, like I need to be in this space to, oh, this is good to like hear and watch. Cause I do think some of that conversation she's been having with Ebony and like she's been saying it has been seen you know previous this episode though i'll just say like, it was just so crazy. It was so hard to stomach because i like I, the amount of time she's interrupted she was rude it was just awful to watch like even when she was like kind of making fun of pronouns like is it hostess can we say hostess anymore because you know, i can't i can't figure out is it they them he she like, oh, come on, Sonia. Like, I mean, come on, Ramona. Like, I just, ugh. All right. So I'll let you talk about what you've thought about the episode.
1: I don't think I have anything to say. I, I really All don't. Right. I think everything that's been said has been said. And yeah, Roni sucks. It's been a shit season. This has never really happened in the history of Roni. We've re- received so many iconic lines, so many iconic moments. It's been a shit season. I will say, I don't feel like all of it being horrible should fall on Ebony's shoulders. I think, in terms of casting, they needed more people. I think Dorinda should come back. I just think next year there's going to be a big shakeup to make things feel a lot more cohesive and a lot more um, genuine in the friendships. I think what made Roni stand out in previous seasons is that you could tell one, these women are pretty much veterans they've been on our tv screens for so goddamn long but also there seems to be like a genuine friendship there um so i it sucked and but what never sucks is potomac the ladies in the art h.o.p uh
2: so i made a meme how let's get rid of roni and i want two episodes of beverly hills i will add if i could get a half episode of beverly hills and another half extra episode of potomac i would be thrilled with that too Uh, I think for me, I was just thinking more Beverly Hills because those two are back to back, but Potomac has been amazing this season. It always is. I was dying though. When Ashley's like, I think I'm going to go, you know, visit, I'm going to go for a day and visit with the women. Uh, Cause I, you know, she's, I love that. She's very aware of what triggered her postpartum last time. And she's trying to avoid that. And Michael it just killed me. I'm like, do you really think like Michael trying to act like one, he's going to take this newborn to work and two, that he's actually going to do anything. We're all like, we know you have a nanny. Like you're not going to have to do anything, Michael. Don't worry. Just stand there and look like that creepy creature from Gollum Lord of the Rings. With- <laughs> yes. Gollum. Yes. Thank
1: you. He looks like Gollum. Um, No, that was pretty comical. And you know, what else is comical is Jizzy, Jizzy, (laughs) hot stirring Jizzy with all these comments she's making. So we get back to the lunch or whatever you want to call it that the women are having. And she's just throwing all these comments at all these, all these women, even her girl Candace. She's like, no one wants to marry unattractive with her issues with Juan. Um, When it comes to Wendy, she did With a conversation with Rob and start to comment comment on her appearances. I will say, and I'm going to admit to it, and I will own it because I said it last season. I did. I could tell a huge change and shift in Wendy. I don't have a problem with her like sharing her body, like that's her body. You do you. Like be proud of it. But it definitely to me felt like second season housewife going through their glow up, going through that moment, and that's to me what I have more of a reaction to. Granted. Giselle's not going to directly say that, but I, I appreciated what Giselle was saying. I don't know if she said it in the best words. I think Robin got to it in that moment.
2: I know. I completely agree. I think, yeah, it's that the second season, the shift, and it, it's been so dramatic with her. I think, you know, we do have to keep in mind, yeah, she was part of him last, like, she's just, she's done She's feeling herself. I just loved her comment back though, that like, and I, we mean this too. It's like, I, you don't, I define my sexiness, not you. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. Like you can stand up. see a whole different personality. I'm like, she's going to step for herself. And I, I just kind of like that. She wasn't afraid to go head to head with Giselle. My biggest thing with Giselle, this episode was just how she treated Robin. It killed me that she clearly like, I mean, Giselle's not like a spring chicken. She's gone through, if she hasn't gone through depression, she knows people who has. And these were so many telltale signs of it. And the fact that like her response back was basically like, well, no one wants to marry unattractive. Like, not, hey, I'm like, you're like, I'm sorry you're going through this. Like, it's a little concerning for me as a friend. Like a scholar, as a friend of, truly prove she is a friend of Robin's when she basically acknowledged Robin's feelings and struggle, but also told her there's a solution to it. I'm like Giselle, who I feel like was just like, well, come on, wake up earlier, get it going. Like there's clearly more to it. If it was as simple as waking up earlier, Robin would have already have done it.
1: Oh yeah. And honestly, like how Robin is reacting is someone who doesn't understand, um, mental health. And I feel like she's, adding the stigma to it and why people don't always get support because of comments like that. Like as someone who I personally have um, issues with anxiety and I cannot tell you the number of conversations I've had with my husband and he has since understood. So I want to give him credit there. But when, when uh, he used to tell me, just relax, just relax. And it's like one of those things, like, dude, if it were that simple for me to just relax, like, (laughs) I, I wouldn't do it like it's not that easy and I think when people I don't know it's like the brain chemistry there's so much behind it as to why we're wired the way that we are and why we some of us need a little support like I have my zoloft it's my little extra support to make me a better me so I hated that jizzy was acting like that but I'm so glad that Escala has said something and since the episode has aired, ramen posted an update and just saying, thank you so much. I didn't think so many people would resonate. She called it the um, pandemic blues, (laughs) which I was like, okay. Um, she called it the pandemic blues. I'm like, all right, that's a start. But she said like a lot of messages and symptoms, like she's, you know, I think a lot of people are saying I'm, this kind of feels like adult ADHD. And we received some messages as well regarding that. However, I'm just glad she's talking to a doctor and whatever it may be that she's kind of getting the support.
2: Yes. No, I I think that's the biggest, the hardest step and the first step. So well done, Robin. Uh, I can't wait for next Ashley shows up and then gets kicked out by Candace.
1: Um, We have to give a moment to my girl, Karen, and the comment she gave to about Giselle. (laughs) What'd she say? Her chubby vagina or something? She said Giselle has been wiggling her fat vagina at us for five years. I mean, what a statement. I've what never heard that statement. on Housewives before. Oh my God. And like in the way to console console um, Wendy, like I just die for Karen. And here's the thing, like we, you cannot have Potomac without Giselle and Karen. Like those are two people who are so instrumental to the show and I love their feud. I like them oh, both. I like what they both bring. It's It's so entertaining.
2: We've talked about this before. It's like you can love two housewives that like hate each other because they're not hating each other, but like they don't get along because their drama, their feud is what makes it not fun to watch, but makes it like feel real. Like not everyone gets along in the real world. And it does like, some of their like one liners are just iconic. And like we got that this episode. And the two of them have always been two that just never get along. And so I, I love it. I, I love both of them. I think part of the reason why I love Giselle is because of her dynamic with Karen. Like, it's just, it's amazing to watch.
1: It's just, um, it's really funny. It's just very entertaining. It's, it's like, you know, there's so many fuse on housewives that get nasty and there's just, just comical to me.
2: Yes, exactly. It, It isn't like, They'll say stuff, but like even the whole like, you wish death on Ray, that's not what she said. But it's funny that this is what it keeps going back to. And like even like when he's like, I don't feel like she said she was wishing death on him. She was just kind of saying that he's implying that she's gonna get like old and ugly soon. And so her comeback was her beauty's not gonna fade until he's gone. Like I I love it. It's amazing. Um, there's Bravo though in a nutshell for you. Here's like this week and I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like the standard, like Beverly Hills, Potomac lead the way. Roni. Yeah. I think we'll, Roni will get a better, we'll get better next season. I see a lot of changes. There's rumors it's going on a hiatus. I think it will get better.
1: I mean, they haven't even filmed the reunion yet. And I have no idea how many more episodes, this is kind of like uncharted territory, territory for housewives for a reunion to have not been filmed when we're towards the end of a season. Like it's, it's very interesting to me. So we um, will keep you guys up to speed on the news regarding that. We don't know when they're filming. Usually we post our Instagram um, that, but that brings us to a fun moment of our show, which is our shout out. And in true real moms of Bravo fashion, we have not discussed it. So it's always a surprise for the both of us have you go first, who's your shout out? My shout out is to you, our listener. We have received recently in the last week so many amazing reviews, and I'll even take some of you know the not so (laughs) positive reviews that we've received too, but mainly the positive ones. I just want to thank you guys so much. It makes a huge difference um, for us. I know we sound like a broken record when we say this, but it. We are constantly humbled by um, your compliments and your words. So thank you for taking the time to write those reviews. It means a lot. Um, It means the world. So I just want to thank you, the listener, for continuing to listen and to support us because you're the reason why we do this week over week and keep us motivated.
2: I am going to give my shout out to Atypical, um, which I posted about it that I was just not ready to watch Ronnie So I was watching the new season a- for those who have not watched it. I highly recommend it is about a boy who's on the spectrum. He's older um, and it's just kind of about his journey into like adulthood and the, some of the struggles as a parent, some of the struggles as a friend, a sibling. And when I posted about that, I was shocked by the number of people who messaged us who said, that they have children on the spectrum as well. And that like, this was so relatable, but it was like one of the only shows out there that portrayed autism in a way that made them laugh every episode versus cry. And so I was like, oh, like, I just feel like that's such a great review for a show. Not that like everything about, you know, autism has to always be funny. There's definitely some hard moments and some sad moments too, but I do like that it, it shows a side where people can, integrate into the real world. And while it's a struggle, it can be at times um, some of like the no no filter um, can be sometimes a little bit of uh, comedic relief in tense situations. So highly recommend watching that show and thank you to the people who produced it and the amazing cast because I'm really sad that this is the final season.
1: Oh I need to watch it. I've never seen it. So I'll have to add it to my shows to watch. I feel like I've watched everything these days, but I've not watched that
2: the perk of it is and this is how I feel about never have i ever which just got renewed for season 3 so excited about that also on netflix it's technically 30 minute episodes but really they're like 24 25 minute and i think in a world where everything's like at least an hour um sometimes with some of these like series you know it's like there's because you're binge watching it like there's no commercials there's no break so it's like 50 minutes of like intense drama and i I love every now and then watching a series that's just like a 23 minute, a little bit more lighthearted um, episode. So, highly recommend that. And it's, they're short. Now you can watch it as you're like folding laundry.
1: Love it. Love to hear it. We need more 30 minute shows. I feel like we've gotten, I feel like there aren't as many these days. I feel like everything's so much more of an hour. So, I appreciate that. So, I will check that out. Um, and you, our listener, you know our spiel, what I'm about to say right now. So, if you haven't already, um, leave us a five-star review, you know, feeling a little extra nice, like leave us a five-star review. And if you're feeling Giovanni, leave us a written review. We love, love, love them. And we appreciate your support. It definitely helps with our casting, our casting, (laughs) our guests trying to get amazing guests on our show. It really, really does make a difference. So please leave us a five-star review. And if you want uh, another way to support us, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash bravo. You can join for as little as $3 a month. We um, provide you with a little bit more uninhibited uh, opinions on, on all things Bravo as well as some things pop culture. So check that out. And with that, we will check you next week.